Robert Hoover will speak on behalf of Delta House. I don't think you can fully judge a fraternity without looking at the positive qualities of the people in it. The Delta House has a long tradition of existence to its members and to the community at large. I think we've heard enough, Mr. Chairman. I was told I'd have a chance to... That's enough. The court will now render a decision. Well, look, you said I could speak. He said that's it. Are you deaf? Let's finish this damn thing. Blow job! Blow job! Blow job! I don't think it's fair. I'll tell you what's fair and what's not. Leave me! Those assholes, just shut up. Hey, shut up, you assholes! Mr. President, do we have to listen to any more of this? Point of parliamentary procedure. Don't screw around. They're serious this time. Take it easy. I'm in pre-law, man. Thought you pre-med. What's the difference? Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be brief. I think he's empty. The issue here is not whether we broke a few rules or took a few liberties with our female party guests. We did. But you can't hold a whole fraternity responsible for the behavior of a few sick, perverted individuals. For if you do, then shouldn't we blame the whole fraternity system? And if the whole fraternity system is guilty, then isn't this an indictment of our educational institutions in general? I put it to you, Greg. Isn't this an indictment of our entire American society? Well, you can do what you want to us, but we're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. Gentlemen! You're not walking out on this one, mister. You're finished. No more Delta. You bought it this time, Buster. I'm calling your national office. I'm going to revoke your charter. And if you wise guys try one more thing, one more, I'm going to kick you out of this college. No more fun of any kind. everybody, and welcome to The Night Fly with Dave Juskow, me, your host. Coming at you with a different direction today, a little actual Night Fly-esque music, as our cover art, except on iTunes, seems to depict photoshopping of me as Donald Fagan, jazz and conversation, reflecting the mood of 
today's podcast, although feeling a little better today, but very depressed yesterday, and feeling like I needed a little Steely Dan to put it together. It sure sounds good in my headphones. I sure hope it sounds good in yours. Those guys really had it down pat, didn't they? The funny thing is, I, I never know the name of any of the songs, you know, like, I mean, I know the songs, but, but you know, it, you know, I had no idea that the whose thing was called Baba O'Reilly or 515. It, 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 I hate when they name it something that I'm not expecting. You know, it's a good song to remember Stacy's mom. It's actually called Stacy's mom. And uh, if our friend Adam Schlesinger was uh, a douchebag, which he's not. He would have labeled it, hey there, <laughs> something that you'd never be able to find it unless you hum it and they have a system and an app for humming, which they do have. Well, that's not the way I had to find Peg, the Steely Dan, but I will tell you, I, I was not sure it was named Peg. But this is the song that was going through my head today, a little mellower version of what we usually begin with, but a wonderful Opening song, nonetheless, if you, again, have the cover art that we have for the Nightfly. So, um, yeah, I, can't, I still can't figure out how to change the iTunes one. It still says the spread, and it drives me insane. And I'd you know, probably have more listeners if I could change it. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how it goes to iTunes. I know we've had this conversation before. I don't know how it goes. I only upload it to SoundCloud, so I don't know who's listening or how, or when, and I could probably take care of this in two seconds if I hired a 23-year-old to figure it out, but um, again, we're in such a mess state these days that I can't figure out anything, including figuring out my apartment or anything, you know, like I, like cleaning it, or, or work, or the future. I mean, it's kind of a nightmare. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm very confused. And yesterday, I was very depressed because I think what happened, I was doing pretty good, you know, and it's been a nice, bright, sunny day. But, you know, these um, holiday weeks have always depressed me when I was working for the past 30 years. Because I never had any plans. You know, I'm not like everybody else, or it seems what everybody else has to do. I'm going away. I'm doing this. I got plans. I never had plans. I never had plans on the holidays. And this is what happens when you're, uh, you know, when you've been single for a hundred years. If you were a professional comedian, you always have plans. So it's like my friends can't understand. But for me, because I'm so conflicted and everything, I just never had plans. So I just uh, still don't have plans for the holidays. It's weird. I mean, I had planned, I did stuff, but still, it's it's very confusing for me. And yesterday, I think what happened was, as the calendar changed, there's two things going on, and maybe more than that, of course. You have the obvious, you know, what's happening in my life. And, and of course, last week, we were saying we're having a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun not working. Who wouldn't be? Um, but I think what happened... This is so strange. Now, you all know, you all know that I have, now I'm using my southern ad. Now, you all know, look, I'm talking like my Uncle C. What a bag of shit he was. Now, you all know that uh, Rhoda and I, who were brother and sister, and uh, 
we grew up in Newark together, Newark, New Jersey, and we went on these walks, and I met her once before, and then I saw her the day I died. Now, that's pretty much the, that's all I had to do with her. Oh, that's pretty much the way it went down, I think. My mother, I mean, I can't, sometimes I ask her, I'm like, well, what was the deal with you and uncles? I mean, did you really ever have anything together, a good time? She's got nothing. You know what, she's hanging on to this, uh, Brother thing, I guess, because she doesn't want to be an only... Well, now she's an only child. Well, now she's an orphan. But, uh, yeah, I still think about my Uncle C and what a dick. Um, You know, the guy that's buried in Fort Knox. Well, because I was trying some of that material out the other day, and it just doesn't work. It's not something I can do for Sarah. It's very dark. You know, pee on somebody's grave or deface somebody's grave. It's very dark stuff. I want to use that someday, but not today. Anyway, the point is... You know, I got the thing with Sarah coming up, right? Pretty big deal. But so, number one, the calendar changes to finally July. We've known about this since April. So it's finally becoming very real. And I'm not ready. I mean, granted, last week and I did about 15 minutes and it went okay. But I'm not really where I want to be, where I definitely feel confident that it's all going to work out. I haven't really... I have my set together, but it's all over the place. And certainly by July 1st, I probably should have had it in a better format. And I keep thinking, well, there's plenty of time, but there's really not any time. Um, What do we have this week? And do I have, is it like next week? Isn't it? it, Isn't it this Thursday and then it's the next? Yeah, no, that's it. There's this Thursday and then it's a week from that. Like Tuesday, it was the 7th. No, the 9th. 10th, 11th, yeah, that's it. I got two weeks. No, I got one week. It's it's a week from Thursday. So so that's it. So it's coming. Now I got shows. I'm taping this on Sunday. I got a show tonight, but that's like six-minute set. I got a show on Monday. That's a six-minute set. Uh, fortunately, I think on Friday I got a 10-minute set, but I don't really have a 12 to 15-minute set where I can try all this stuff. And let me tell you something. It's pretty goddamn nerve-wracking if you think about it. If you're not prepared, it's like every dream that anybody's ever had where you're going on that stage, you know, and you're naked pretty much. So so there's so there's that. But then the ironic thing after it is then after I do that, I have nothing else. To, I want to say like. These kind of things, it scares me, but I have, I at least, I, I'm not like looking forward to it, but at least it's something I can say to people. Well, I'm opening for Sarah Silverman at, you know, the the, the Borgata, you know, that's a, that's a big deal. And now I won't have anything to say. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm doing nothing. I mean, I know I got the show at the cellar and everything, which is great, but really not, you know, this is a big deal. And then I don't have anything. So even though I'm kind of dreading it, then I won't have it. So I'm getting conflicted and then realizing that I'm really screwing everything up, pretending I'm like, I have till September 1st, we'll figure something out. When I know damn well, I'm not figuring anything out. I'm not doing any work. I'm not doing anything. I'm slacking. I'm watching TV. Now I know I'm busy all the time. It doesn't seem I go home. And this weekend I was completely home. So maybe that had something to do with it because I just haven't left the house. I haven't cleaned the house. It's so bad that... I, David Tell used to have this own, this old joke where he would, you know, he's in his apartment and he would play this game, find the smell. 
and this actually happened to me this week. Something was so stinky in my kitchen. I don't know what it was or where it was coming from. And I think the reason I was able to actually put together the podcast today is because, number one, I had some coffee. Now, I don't know why I don't go downstairs and have that every day. It does help. Uh, So finally, today, I went out and had some coffee. And then it does lift me up. And then just before I taped this, I I found the smell. (laughs) I knew it was emanating from around the microwave or the toaster. And I'm like, well, I have been making a lot of grilled cheese sandwiches. Maybe it's the burnt cheese or something because that's what it smelled like. It smells like vomit. I'm positive I didn't throw up anywhere. I've always made it to the toilet. I'm not my sister who just throws up everywhere. Um, so I, <laughs> I don't know where it's coming from. And I've been so lazy that I haven't even, oh, I'll look for it tomorrow. I'll look for it the next day. I'll look for it whenever. I mean, it's pathetic. You know, I mean, I had that one girl over here last Thursday, and I haven't had anyone else over because I've been so embarrassed of the way my apartment looks. And finally today, I texted a new cleaning lady and said, you got to come over. You got to help me here. Now, I got to clean up for the cleaning lady because I can't have her come in and be like, whoa, whoa, absolutely not. So I got to prepare. So I got to clean. Plus, My sister asked if my nephew and his friend can stay over here every Wednesday for the next three weeks. Now, I want to say no, but I don't want to say no. Like, I'm just embarrassed that I don't have an extra room and that I suck and all this kind of stuff. Plus, they're coming here the Wednesday before I do my show on Thursday. So I'm just a little nervous to have people around. But, you know, come on. Let's be normal. He's, you know, he's doing that stupid thing in the city for three weeks. I didn't know he had his friend coming too. I don't even know this kid. I know his parents. They're very nice. Oh, no, no, no. I do. Oh, no, I do know his parents. It's not the kid I was thinking of. But I don't know the other kid, but they're going to sleep. He'll sleep on the floor. And I'm like, yeah, he's going to sleep on the floor. Where else is he going to sleep? Will we sleep in the bed together? These are boys. Girls can sleep in the bed together. These are boys. So I don't know. I'll give him my bedroom and put a thing down. But meanwhile, the whole point of the thing is I, I, I got to clean up by Wednesday. I got to do something. I got plans on Monday. I mean, my plans. They're so ridiculous. These plans, it's like so ridiculous. If I have something to do at 5 or 8 o'clock, I can't do anything beforehand. It's like I need I, I need to complete completely no plans or my day is shot. It's ridiculous. I have nothing but free time to clean this place, and I refuse to do it. Do you know how difficult it was to wake up today at 11 and not go back to bed? And I know it's a foreign depression. All I've been doing is sleeping and eating. I know it's depression. I know it's depression. You know how long I stay up without sleeping. I don't really need to sleep, but I know that's it's just the easy answer. And that's what I did yesterday. I just slept and ate, slept and ate like a, like a dog or a cat. It's pathetic. But the, uh, so the, I had a point for, oh, so anyway, before I uh, uh, signed out the air today, I uh, found the smell. <laughs> so that so I felt so good about doing one thing. I'm like, you know what? I can do the podcast now. No, I can. No, it's it's all. I'm all set now mentally. I can I can do the podcast now because I found the smell. I mean, I was patting myself on the back because I found the fucking smell. Are you kidding? And by the way, last week I felt I cursed way too much, and I'm sorry about that. I mean, I don't mind cursing and whatever, but. I, I could tell. I listened back, and I'm like, oh, too much cursing. Too much cursing. I mean, obviously, I was very angry 
but too much. Um, nobody likes to hear all that stuff. Uh, when, you know, what are we? Uh, what are we in Saturday Night Fever? We're just gonna keep. I don't even think they cursed that much in Saturday Night Fever. I mean, it was embarrassing. What are we in the movie Casino? Come on, hey, there's got to be better ways to uh, say something than using the f bomb a hundred times. I, you're pretty good about not doing that. That's why I was upset with myself, actually. Um, so I'm trying to curtail that a little bit, and I just used it, and that's why I noticed. But uh, so anyway, the so I'm just sniffing around. I mean, it's really pathetic. But this is when you know. I don't know if you've ever. <laughs> Stupid example, but I mean, there's a Big Bang Theory where Raj gets so upset because this girl breaks up with him and she actually leaves that he's just wallowing in his house, all food all over, in like almost a diaper. He's in his underwear and he's just like eating lobster with his hand or whatever. And he's a man. I mean, this is the way this is the way the apartment is. It's disgusting. Uh, It's that of depression and confusion and fear of the unknown i don't know but again it's a beautiful day today outside so it definitely lifts me up a little bit but yesterday it didn't beautiful day yesterday and i was just upset about the humidity and the temperature and it's like well you know if i'm upset about the humidity and temperature now then because i've just been getting headaches and stuff then then there's really no way i just need to move out of new york clearly so i'm upset about the cold i'm upset about the dark i'm upset about the the, the sun it's time to leave Again, there's a place 3,000 miles away that the the weather's perfect every time. And there's no humidity. And and there's no cold weather. Now, granted, they just had a bunch of earthquakes, but uh, a small price to pay (laughs) for perfect weather every day. I just can't do it. But uh, anyway, the smell was... It turns out, I mean, I, I have cups of coffee lying around from everywhere, and it was this one cup of coffee I got from the Pink Moose that I guess the milk in the coffee just went crazy and curdled. I thought it, I thought some of these cups of coffee might be the culprit, but I wasn't sure. And then when I, I could smell it, and I'm like, I don't, I still don't smell it. But then when I poured it out into the sink, and it was all gross and lumpy, then the smell was. I'm like, okay, I found it. Thank God. I really wasn't sure what it was. I thought I had left food under the toaster or under the microwave or something. I'm kind of glad it was that. But, boy, that's some powerful smell that uh, milk leaves out. Duh. So I was so happy that I found the smell and I took care of one thing and I Lysoled the whole place that uh, I felt I could actually put on the podcast. Can you believe that? I mean, what that's when you know you've really lost it. I, I was so happy that I located the smell that that must have been going through the whole, or I could just smell it everywhere. Like I could remember it even in the bedroom, which is far away from the kitchen. This is how pathetic it is. I'm like, yeah, I got to find that smell. And then I would take a nap. Yeah. Later on, I'm going to find that. <laughs> it's pathetic. It's pathetic. I got to clean this place up because I know it'll help my head. There's male open and open all over the place. I got another, like, you know, um, tax thing from New York State saying, oh, my, my account's really messed up this year. I've been calling them. I'm like, listen, you can't charge me the full amount for this. You guys really screwed me up. So I was getting depressed. 
you know, I still got, uh, I'm uh, nervous. I don't know how to work the insurance and everything. You know, I don't have any. And I'm just getting nervous, I think, you know, just panicked a little bit. And it's, um, and I go in and out of the depression because, you know, there's some days where I'm like, yeah, it's all going to work out. And I hadn't done any comedy for a while. The last time I did it was Monday. Now it's a full week until Sunday. Oh, no, I did it Wednesday. Oh, I'll tell you about that. Holy shit. Oh, that's, you know what? That's the other thing that you'll understand when we uh, get into it, which I guess we could just do now. Um, yeah. Uh, I will tell you, though, I just I was talking to Attell on the phone for an hour just now because he's having some, uh, you know, he's having the same, he's having, I mean, you know, besides having money and, you know, a career, he's going through a lot of the same stuff I am in a sense of um, yeah, just like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing at our age? What are we doing? And he's got, you know, his mother's having problems and stuff like that. But um, he just told me the funniest story that he's not going to Montreal this year. You know, they have a festival in Montreal just for laughs. And a lot of people go, I used to go. In the 90s, I went twice. And um, I'm not going. He's not going this year. Um, it's a big deal. I've been talking to the guy that runs it about doing The Godfather up there. But I always remember too late. And he said that he would always run into this special needs girl while he was there who really didn't have any hands. <laughs> like she she was born like with, with stumps. And uh, he was just saying that uh, he, he, you know, he's, he, he always talks to her when she's there. It'll be very nice. But, uh, you know, she's always on her computer typing. And he's like, what, you know, you could just see her stumps typing. And I want her to be my publicist. And I'm like, no, no, there's. It's two T's and two L's. <laughs> like she can't. How is she typing? And uh, he's like, "Let me buy you a drink." And then it's, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> I'm not explaining it right, but he was telling me it was making me laugh. And um, I don't know. I just thought I'd. Uh, it was pretty funny. I probably worded it the wrong way. He he said it in a way where it's funny. Even it's not mean. It's funny. It's I, I'm not. I'm just not on my game today. I don't know what I'm talking about. But he cheered me up. Let's just say that, which is odd because usually he just brings me down. But we were even talking about, should I move to California? You know, and I'm like, I told him, I said, no, absolutely not. I don't think it's the way, you know, don't move out there without a job. It's the, I mean, I know I don't have a job here, but here I can, I can find work here out there. I, I don't know. I don't know how I'd maintain myself. Um, let me see what I had planned today. It was pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I found um, the thing when I recorded that stupid Evita last week of Plays in the Park. I found some of the recording I did. It's so, I don't know, it just pisses me off. Oh, I have that thing, but I'm having a lot of technical difficulties with my computer, and I can't figure out why, and it's really kind of driving me crazy. Um well, I'll try and figure it out. I mean, I get these things. I get the computer just goes when I play music or something. It and um, I don't know why. It's really frustrating because you just want to have a good time, you know, and it's ruining all of our stuff. I mean, what is going on here? This is a nightmare. Well, let's talk about then what we uh, did up front then. We played... Animal House. Let's see if we can play some of this stuff. We played 
the Animal House clip up front because for some reason or another, and I don't know why, I found, I was thinking of Delta House, which was the television version of Animal House. Let's see if this will play from the theme song to Delta House. You know how sometimes you're like, you find something on YouTube and then you delve into this other stuff deeper and uh, it was quite fascinating what I found. Crazy, wild, ever up and rude. The demons don't like their attitude. That animal fraternity will it get me in the end of you and me, baby, baby? That was the opening credits for Delta House, which is, you know, the spinoff to the television TV show for Animal House with just an unbelievable Michelle Pfeiffer. I had no idea she was in it. She's not as thin as you'd see her in Greece or in Scarface a year later. Uh, so she looks better, <laughs> like so sultry. In fact, her name in the show is Bombshell. She's so pretty. But it's so funny because most of it just has to deal with Dean Wormer. <laughs> like, it's so weird. At least this episode that I saw, he's cheating on his wife and they caption. The wife of the man you're sitting on, you sneaky little tramp. <laughs> sneaky little tramp. I'm a philosophist and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> doing in that boardroom get out it, it, it dean wormer's the star of the uh, show it's just so weird i just don't remember it for some reason I, I remember the show being on but i don't remember him being the star of the show and uh in this particular episode i'm watching michelle pfeiffer's in a bathing suit she looks amazing i mean she's just so and then uh you know if you read about it it says boy she really thanks delta house for getting started because a lot of you know, it, it was a good opening the door for her because, you know, a lot of agents and stuff. So, of course, they saw her. Who wouldn't cast her? You would have to be sitting there going crazy, being like, oh, my God, who is that? I need a hot girl to play Al Pacino's, you know, love interest in Scarface. I need a hot girl to, to be in Greece, too. I need a hot girl. Then, you know, this girl's just on your television screen in this ridiculous show. She's so sultry and gorgeous and stunning. You can't. You can't really concentrate on anything else. I mean, she really is that pretty, and we know how pretty she is. It's just amazing that she's had like a nice 30-year career, especially for a woman in this business to have a, a really nice long career, and especially just playing, you know, the character Bombshell. It's amazing that she was able to, you know, kind of make it 
further and being taken serious. But, you know, you certainly get your start uh, being hot. That must be nice. And then, of course, I got depressed about that. I'm like, well, I want to come back like that in my next life. I want to be hot. And then it turns out I'm a great actor. Yeah, I want to do it that way. I would say like Brad Pitt, but I'm still not buying all of his acting and stuff. But, yeah, I want to start that way. That, that It just doesn't seem fair. You got to do it the other way, you know. But um, this Delta House, right? We play the theme song, right? Let's play it one more time. Like their attitude. The D don't like their attitude. The animal fraternity. Well, it could be in the end of you and me. So the thing is, the reason why I was playing it is because so Delta House doesn't work. I mean, this is so weird. I can't imagine this ever happening again. This song kind of blows. I mean, it stinks. It turns out it's written by Jim Steinman. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Who, as you know, wrote every meatloaf song. And for some reason or another, I guess he thought, boy, this was a great song. I can't believe the show didn't work. Um, And for Meatloaf's follow-up album from Bad Out of Hell, which took three or four years to make because Meatloaf was a mess, Meatloaf destroyed his career single-handedly by boozing it up and losing his voice. So they had to wait on the album, and that's why... There's only that one album because he really could have probably been even bigger. Uh, and they so they make a new album. And for some reason or other, this is 1981. They. They pair him up with Cher. Yeah, you heard me right. Cher, who in 1981 was seeing already a has-been i mean she's never been a has-been you know technically but is that coming off silkwood though or something maybe i don't know maybe it's coming off more of an actress but it's an odd person to if you're trying to make a comeback i'm not sure why you use share that's what i'm trying to figure out this is the part i i just don't get but they the album is called dead ringer for love and the song is just taken from the Delta House theme. And uh, just like, oh, damn it, see? See those problems that happen? Share to come in. Where are you?
many lyrics. I've never heard that song in my life, and that's the follow-up album, "The Bat Out of Hell." I, I, I've never heard. I've never heard the follow-up album of "Bat Out of Hell." I mean, it just—they said it went number one in the UK, but I don't remember it coming out at all. And I guess in 1981, it was just so over for this guy because you know you were just coming with the you know bands like Duran Duran and you know Thompson Twins or something. I, I don't know in the you know. The tubes, um, you know, stuff like that. That was totally just different. I mean, th- even though Bad Out of Hell was completely different than anything we'd ever heard before, you can't. Only Boston was able to somehow pull that off, where they, you know, came out with this groundbreaking album, and then three years later were able to come back. But it was all for good reasons. It was all for the artistry. It wasn't because this guy, you know, is a complete loser and drunky and loses his voice. So I think people were just fed up, and it's just so weird to. Pair yourself with share and and then you know your your plan is to take a failed sitcom uh opening song and and make that your the name of the album that seems like a really bad plan right and there's a video for it too and share looks ridiculously hot which is amazing but uh it's stupid and the song is not bad because it's meatloafy, but I think we had already seen it before, and that's all it came down to. And uh, in that sense, it stinks. And now that we know the origin, it, it, it stinks even more because I think the story is is that Jim Steinman made a follow-up album to Bat Out of Hell and, sang, and made his own album and sang it himself, and I don't know how he sings and... I don't even know where you find that album. I mean, I guess I could do the research and look it up. But, yeah, so he had already used most of his stuff already that I guess he had for the sequel. And then (laughs) he's writing these bad sitcom songs. And he's like, well, we can rework the Delta House one. And, (laughs) you know, I think that's something I would do. I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Anyway, you can hear the computer problems I'm having. They're really pissing me off. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how to handle it. I've restarted my machine and everything. I don't know what it's causing. Again, I'll look it up. So next week we'll, we'll be okay and we'll be back to normal or I'll just get another computer, whatever. I'll figure it out. You know, I will, I won't let you down, but that song blows, right? I mean, it's like, it blows and it doesn't blow at the same time, but Again, it's the same thing we've heard. And there's too many lyrics. I don't know. What are you saying? Rock and roll and brew? Rock and roll and brew? That's that's the lyrics? It's stupid. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's ridiculous, right? It's so crazy. This guy's so stupid. It's unbelievable. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, I've been watching so much James Bond, and I had that scene from, oh, I can't get it. It doesn't matter. Um... 
And I, I don't know why I've been thinking about this. I've been watching so much James Bond because it's on every day, right? So this has been cheering me up a lot. Just nonstop James Bond, nonstop James Bond. And then, you know, I'm just thinking, I've also been watching some of the making ofs, which are great because they're from 2000. So everybody's still alive and looking okay because it's from tw- that, the making ofs are from 20 years ago, from a 30 years ago film. So I just watched The Living Let Die and the Man with the Golden Gun, whatever. And Roger Moore is great. He's so cool. And he just, he, he's so into it. He's just, you know, he's saying, ah, this is the way it was. Hey, what do you want from me? This guy's look one guy's looking one way, one guy's looking the other. This guy's saying, What do you want from me? Um and but then I was thinking for some reason, I don't know why. You know, so I don't know if you care about this, but this, you know, this stuff obsesses me. So Thunderball was the highest grossing film of James Bond of all time, for some reason, right? Thunderball. And I've been watching Thunderball a lot. It's pretty good. I say to myself, I don't know why. This is what I say to myself. This is this, this is how I live my life. Like so, Thunderball. Uh, if you take in, you, because you can't use the rankings financially of today, because it, it goes clearly number one. Well, number one is Skyfall. Number two is Spectre. That's before that, which is weird. Quantum of Solace, Casino Royale, Die Another Day, The World Is Enough, Tomorrow Never Dies, Golden Eye. It's going in complete order of the way they were released. So obviously that's just um, inflation. So you have to look at it adjusted for inflation, which makes Thunderball the highest grossing bond picture of all time. Now, when I do these little research things, Goldfinger is the thing that solidified bond into the sense of the way it is today. Like Dr. No was a big hit for Russia loves pretty good, but Goldfinger solidified the Bond franchise into this greatness because it was all this, it's the way we view it today, the pre-credit sequence, you know, the the gadgets, the whole thing. So Goldfinger is the standard on which this 50-year-old franchise is based. So Goldfinger makes a lot of money, which is why it makes sense that Thunderball, the next one after Goldfinger, would be the best movie of all time so or the highest grossing movie but i guess people must have not liked it that much because you only live twice made half of the money that thunderball did because you think when people get to this level where like thunderball is breaking all these records then they must have just been sick of it or something because you only live twice even though it falls fourth on adjusted for a ticket inflation it's half of what thunderball made half and i don't know why i keep thinking of it i guess i keep thinking of it because i know skyfall went crazy like skyfall made so much money but where i can't figure out is how they did that since the quantum of solace possibly one of the worst bond movies ever made after this amazing reboot of casino royale you would think people would be done. But I guess Skyfall, which is just okay, for some reason, Skyfall, and maybe it has something to do with the Adele song, I, I don't know, is the you know the highest-grossing Daniel Craig movie and the highest-grossing Bond movie of all time legitimately. And if you take into uh, inflation, it's still the number three movie, Skyfall, which is just okay. And then for some reason, so if, if, if it gets to that level, why wouldn't Spectre 
be even better, kind of like Goldfinger and Thunderball. But Spectre falls. Spectre falls big. And uh, Skyfall made $340 million. Uh, this is adjusted for her ticket play. Uh, so Skyfall made three, yeah, $304 million. That's not adjusted. And Spectre made $200 million. That's a lot less. That's $100 million left. If Skyfall was so great, how come nobody went to see Spectre? I mean, people went, but you know what I mean. I'm always uh, perplexed by that. And uh, why I tell this to you, I really have no idea. No idea. Adjusted for ticket price inflation, the highest grossing Roger Moore one is Moonraker, which makes sense. That made a lot of movie that came out at the right time, right around the Star Wars craze. Very smart move. When I've been talking about Spaceballs recently, which came out, you know, 10 years too late as a Star Wars spoof. Now, if I talk to people, that that's where uh, my friend Lawrence and I were talking. If we're talking to kids who are maybe 40 or 40 five maybe the 10 years younger than me they love space balls but that's because it came out for them if you're 10 or you're 13 you probably think space balls is great but if you're 10 years older and you've seen blazing saddles young frankenstein and high anxiety you know that space balls stinks and he's just in a downward spiral space balls is not a good movie it does not hold up in any way it's a really bad film but most of the people you talk to who are younger or even nowadays who are in their 20s who've seen Spaceballs think it's the greatest thing. And it makes no sense to me because it stinks. As far as Mel Brooks movies go, it's a really bad movie. And um, and again, for me, because I came out at the you know right age, maybe I was 21 or 20, worshiping Mel Brooks at this point, waiting for a good one, Spaceballs stinks. And then you're, we were just sitting there in the theater going, is he serious? I mean, this movie came out 10 years too late. Came out, what, in 86? 87? The Star Wars fr- the Star Wars was already over in 83. And then he's making his Star Wars parody. You know, too late. But yet a whole new generation, I guess, thought, you know, if you see that first, it's like I talk about waiting for government. If you see Best in Show first, you think it's great. But it's still not as good as Waiting for Guffman. And all Christopher Guest movies go down. Waiting for Guffman is amazing. Then Best in Show. In in order, The Mighty Wind. But if you see The Mighty Wind first, you might think it's great until you go back and you see these other things which are a little better. Everybody's on it. It's like, you know, you might see Turbocharged, The Unauthorized Story of the Cars, and then you'll see my next movie, and it just won't be as entertaining as Turbocharged, obviously. (laughs) How are you? On Monday, I started getting depressed because I went to the comic strip, which is a place I've never done well at. It's right here on the Upper East Side. It couldn't be any easier for me, but it is a place I have bombed continuously my whole life. I cannot crack the comic strip. I've been going there for 30 years, and I cannot have a good set there. And of course, all of my auditions were there for uh, David Letterman, for Saturday Night Live. Every audition I ever had there was at the comic strip, and I bombed. Of course, the classic audition for Saturday Night Live where I lost out to Tracy Morgan was at that place, and after that, I just stopped going there. But um, this lovely guy, Ryan, who lets me on these shows on Sundays and Mondays, 
which is probably saving my ass. I got to do something nice for this kid. This lovely Filipino kid. Uh, he has a show there on Monday night today at 8 o'clock, so I'll be there this Monday, or when this comes out, I'll have already been there because I got to keep trying. Um, you know, for it's a new talent night or whatever it is. He's letting me on, and it's just a bunch of bad comics. And um, I went on there Monday, and I just bombed. Now, Sunday, the last, after we left each other, I went and did a show, and I had a great show, and I was just kind of riffing a little bit but having a good time. And then Monday, just I can't crack the crowd. I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe it's in my head. But I bombed. I mean, I just bombed. It was horrible. Uh, Murphy taped it. I'm like, oh, please, I can't even, I can't even watch it. It was just bad. And then I come out and, you know, it's embarrassing. People know I'm opening for Sarah Silverman. They're like, this guy, did, you're letting this guy open? What the? So anyway, I'm hanging out with uh, that girl Olga I told you about, that Orthodox Jewish girl. We're talking all night, and she goes. And we're hanging out, and we. she goes, you know, I know these open mics we could go to. Uh, one of them's on Wednesday at noon. And I said, yeah, that'd be, what? Did you just say there's an open mic Wednesday at noon? Yeah, you heard me right. Wednesday at noon. It's like, yeah, you pay five bucks, and you get out for 10 minutes. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta pay? I gotta pay to go on? Now, I'm not saying I gotta pay as if I'm the greatest comic, but that just really defeats the purpose she goes but you get 10 minutes but you get 10 minutes in front of another a bunch of uh, other comics it's it's weird but if she was going i'm gonna go i'm just like this will be great this will be great maybe i need to do some open mics but i had forgotten how much i dislike open mics and performing in front of other comics and waiting to get on and remember the audience are the other comics and you're just waiting to get on. And how disrespectful other people are that they don't hang out. Every time I've been to an open mic, I wait till the end to be polite because it's not fair for the people that go on last. So I go to this thing. It's at the West Side Comedy Club. And I get there at noon. At noon. you believe that? And I... And Olga's not there. She's late. She's running late. And I'm like nervous to go in. I see her. She goes, I put us on. I put us. I talk, called the lady. I told her you're going on. I see the lady. She, I go, hey, I'm Dave Jessica. She goes, oh, okay, great. I said, Olga's not here yet. And she goes, well, normally it's five bucks, but you don't have to pay. And I'm like, oh, no, it's all right. Because it's just five bucks. I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. I'll pay. I don't want to be a dick. So I'm sitting down. Olga shows up like a half hour later. All these comics are going up. It's absolutely horrible. I'm trying to be polite. They're staring right at me. I'm just sitting in a bad place. There's no way I can leave. She's trying to talk to me. She's texting me. I don't mean, I'm trying not to be rude. And but I'm not having a bad time with her. And then she goes on, you know, like it's already it's just started at noon. It was already 1:30. And then she leaves. And I'm like, "Wait. You're going to leave before I go on?" She's like, "Yeah, I got to I got to go to Connecticut." And I'm like, "Yeah." You're kidding, right? So I didn't have any time to talk to her or anything, but the one friend I have there, and you know how it is with me, I can't, I don't like performing with people I, when I don't know somebody there. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. So then I started to get depressed. This is where the depression started. I was like, I was really excited to go up and have a good time. And then all of a sudden I got nervous and I don't know any of these people. And I mean, I just got up and I started asking them questions the number one thing being how I, I, 
I don't understand how are we uh, how are you available at noon? How are all these people available at noon on a Wednesday? I recorded some of it. The smattering of applause and uh No, I was not just gonna do a little bit after. This is our job, she said, the woman that puts together the show. This is our job. This is our job? This is our job? There's people doing an open mic night at noon. How can that be their job? This is our job? You you really have the nerve? It's not her job. She's married. She gets money from her husband or something. Seriously, she's that's all she talks about. This is her job. That's a lot of fucking nerve. Okay. Don't write this down, but I find Milton probably as boring as you find Milton. Mrs. Milton found him boring, too. He, uh, he's a little bit long-winded. He doesn't translate very well into our generation, and his jokes are terrible. But that does not relieve you from your responsibility for this material. Now, I'm waiting for reports from some of you. I'm not joking. This is my job. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be funny. I'm not joking. This is my job. This is my, this is our, this is my job. This is our job. This is our job. There's people. Come on. How are these? One of my, that's all I was saying. I'm like, I don't understand. Me and my friend Lee have been working for 20 years. How are these people available at noon? How, how are these people surviving in the city? In Manhattan? I, I don't understand. I'm obviously missing something or there is an elaborate joke going on and somehow I'm in the matrix and this is all a big gag and everybody's watching to say, hey, hey let's put this guy through the ringer again when he finds out nobody else is actually working. And all the people at my old firm were robots or something or they're, they're, they're agents from the matrix. I mean, this is ridiculous. How can these people be available at noon every Wednesday? Then I heard there's like a three o'clock show on Tuesdays. Anyway, those shows do not help me. Those open mic shows. And it really depressed me. I mean, how is this a good reaction for anything? I'm better off doing this in front of my window. We can light it up a little bit, I guess. Uh, is this the light? Am I through? No, okay. I like getting the light because then I, every time somebody gives me the light at a club, I'm like, that's, I did bad? Am I getting the light? But then your time is up. Um, I ended up getting set up with my mother on J-Date. Yeah, no, it was awkward, but it made a lot of sense. My dating range is 8 to 80, Uh, not 8, really, so, but uh, it is a wide range and we do have a lot of the same interests. Oh, she was chunky lover 37, so that was so awkward. Um, and uh, 
Is this on? Uh, oh, my God. Can you imagine? I mean, who wouldn't that depress? If you know you're about to open for 2,000 people and you're in a room where nobody's laughing. I mean, granted, uh, the material ain't that great, but I mean, sometimes, I mean, there's nobody there. Everybody left. There were three people there. Why am I bothering? I paid $5 to do that. Jesus Christ. This is not where you want to be with t- with one week left to go before you're doing a tour in front of 2000 people i i mean I, this i mean you can't blame me for being a little down and confused on the flip side of that on tuesday uh, I was talking to Audrey, and she works for this guy that um, is older, and I guess he is and was a big Dave Juskow fan. And she's like, hey, I'm going out to dinner with this guy. Can you – she works for him, you know, my boss. She's like, "Could you? do you think you could come with us? And I'm like, no. And, she, and I say, unless it's like a birthday, because her birthday was uh, Friday the 5th. I said, unless it's a birthday thing, then I'll, I'll come. And she's like – yeah, he he would love it if you came. And so I went. And he was so excited that I was coming. They work on the Upper West Side in like 160th Street. He moved the venue right near my house. So I couldn't say no. And uh it's funny because that there's 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 people out there that that I guess think I'm Funny, but I, I again, it, you know, they they understand. Oh, of course, he opens for people like Sarah, and that makes sense that he'd be doing this. But then, you know, it's all past reputation, so it's getting very confusing, you know. Because then, at one point, that lifts me up a little bit that this guy thinks so well of me for God knows what reason, and then, and then, you know, the reality of these people sitting there at the open mic going like this, this guy. This guy's really, he must be lying. He's obviously lying. He's just saying that to make himself look better, which of course I was. I didn't tell anybody that. I told the lady who was running the room. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I, I, I felt like I had, I didn't even want to tell anybody, but I was like so bad. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I, I couldn't even say I'm actually really good because I'm not. I'm just, I just need to be in a good mood. And then I think I come off as good anyway. If I'm in a good mood, then the audience will be in a good mood. It's just the same as this podcast. We're a little off today, so I think the podcast is off. I feel like the way I'm talking is off. Everything is is off. So then that Wednesday, I was so down. I went to uh, Lee and Laura's house and just hung out with their kids all day. And they're like, why don't you stay for dinner? And I'm like, what? I've been here for like four hours already. And then I'm like, yeah, why don't I stay for dinner? What am I doing? I, but every time, I'm like, I need to go home and practice. I'm like, well, how's going home practicing than doing this open mic night that I did whatever open mic night you can't even call it a night um and then we we had a good time we were playing poker and i told you lee always finds a new way to call everybody gay and with his winnings of pennies and nickels and quarters he actually spelt out the word gay it and and with a little arrow pointing to me i have a photo of it again once i get the website you'll be able to see it. it's pretty funny i mean the guy he's so creative in that sense i don't know how he does it but that was Pretty damn funny. And the next day was July 4th. And then, I mean, I didn't have any plans. So Rachel says 
Pete, Pete has these friends, or her husband has these, has a friend from college. She said, friend, him and his friends from college are having somewhere in Jersey. Um, and Memo and his kid are going to come. The only interest I have there is Memo and his kid. You know, I love his kid and Memo. So I'm like, all right, if they're going, maybe I'll go. And this was really tough for me. So their memo said, I'll pick you up. I mean, they were really trying to get me to go. Rachel didn't want to be there by herself. Like, let's just bring Jessica out. And I'm like, I didn't have any other plans. And it was like a barbecue or whatever. But then <laughs> Rachel's so stupid. It turned out it wasn't a college friend. It was like his childhood friend. That's like a big difference. I thought it was like a bunch of college buddies that I wasn't going to know. It's a childhood friend. That's different. And it's a Filipino guy. And apparently it's his daughter's birthday as well. And I'm like, you know, you didn't say that it was a birthday party for a four-year-old. Because then I probably wouldn't. She's like, yeah, no, then I know you wouldn't have come. I'm like, that's a douche move. Because I definitely didn't want to be with a bunch of kids. But I guess I should have known when they bought Memo's daughter. And, uh, and it was all Filipino food. And all I wanted, because I had just watched the hot dog eating contest, was a hot dog. I never eat hot dogs, but I was obviously looking forward to a nice, juicy hot dog with a bunch of stuff, even just regular mustard on it. There was all these commercials for the hot dog eating contest. Joey Chestnut won by a mile again. And there was all these commercials for hot dogs. I'm like, I can't wait to get a hot dog. I'm excited to go to the barbecue. I'm thinking it's going to be ribs, hot dogs. It's all Filipino food. Food I couldn't even pronounce if I wanted to. It was a luau theme. They had a giant pig, not with an apple in its mouth, but a giant pig, which already I was just getting nauseous because I was just, you know, my mother, I, I, they wanted to take a picture of me. I'm like, please don't do that. Uh, as much as I don't care for my mother, I don't want to put her in an early grave because <laughs> that should do it. I guess I should have taken the picture and just kept it on file in case, you know, things are getting bad. But, um, but, yeah, the food was okay, but it certainly wasn't the kind of food I was looking forward to on the 4th of July at all. So it it was depressing because I hadn't eaten. I was, like, looking forward to a regular American barbecue. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, I know so many Filipino people. And Joe Messina's wife is Filipino. But when she has a barbecue, she doesn't cook Filipino food. She cooks just regular people food. Uh, ribs, hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure she can cook Filipino, but she, but she doesn't on the Fourth of July. So that was disappointing, really disappointing. Uh, fortunately, they had Bud Light cans, which I like, so I was able to just drink out of the cans. I like Bud. I like beer in cans. Um, but that's the and then you know and then um. You know, or Jollibee, which is the best Filipino food I've ever had. But none of that. They had, you know, it was all noodles and stuff. I'm like, this, I know these people are American, but uh, uh, they're nothing but nice. And then it was just, I, I, you know, I ended up talking to everybody. I was, um, you know, I was just drinking. So then I was talking to the guy's mother for a while. Then I was talking to the other, like, you know, seven-year-olds. And then, like, I was just making my way around. I know Rachel was watching. She's like, yeah, we were watching you with the guy's mother and, and her friends. And we're like, what's he saying? But, you know, I like to 
mix it up, talk to everybody. I was having a good time. I was having a good time. I just wanted different food. I mean, like I said, the guy was nothing but nice. And so the Varen Memos kid is saying, watch me in the pool. And I'm like, all right. I sit on the chair. The first time I sit in the chair, I break the chair. I'm so heavy. I'm so overweight. I broke the chair. I just sat in the chair. I didn't do anything weird. I broke the chair. I split it in two. And then Varen's like, ooh. And she would start raising her hand. She was trying to tell people. I'm like, I swear to God, if you tell anybody, I'll tell them myself. I don't need you screaming out that I broke that chair, you, you rotten kid. <laughs> it was so embarrassing enough as it was. My God. So I told the guy, I'm like, look, I broke the, I broke the goddamn chair. He's like, you broke that one, the rocking chair? And I'm like, sorry, sorry. And then I think I broke his window in his house because I was opening it to do a gag. I think I broke that. Uh, I'm the worst person to have over. I'm one of those people that you should never have over as a guest. I'm a complete douchebag. I didn't do it on purpose. I drunken stuff. I was just, I don't know what happened. Anyway, then, uh, I don't know. We stayed till 8 o'clock. I was like, how are we going to do this? Because how are we going to get back into Manhattan with all the fire? They closed all the streets. But thank God they didn't. Got back at 9 o'clock. I said, I'm not going to watch any fireworks. I'm not watching anything in TV that has to do with fireworks. If I'm not like somewhere watching it, I do not want to watch it on TV by myself. This is like New Year's Day or New Year's Eve where you know I just want to put on 90s television uh, something that's not going to say that it's the 4th of July because I'm like depressed already. I'm now I'm depressed that I'm not doing anything. I'm not with people, even though I know I just was, but I don't know. There was something, I'm glad I went out, but it was something gravely disappointing. And then, um, you know, I just saw, I just watched TV the rest of the night. I think I ate more. Oh yeah, I had, I had pizza, that's right. Because I'm just eating. Because I'm it, it just like, what am I going to do? I guess I'll eat something. I don't know. And then I I don't know. I'm probably up all night. You know, I fall asleep watching TV and I'm up all night. And I went, oh, I want to get a good start Friday. I'll start cleaning. Of course, that never happened. And then I had to take Audrey out for her birthday, which is fine. But I, then I was panicked because she's like, just pick a place. And I'm like, oh, do you know how much pressure that is picking a place? So I picked this little Italian restaurant that I've gone to many times. It's always... Good, but um, but it was so funny. I'm waiting outside for the, the reservations at 6.30. People 20 years older than me all piling in at 6.30 for dinner. I'm like, oh, this is where I want to take somebody turning 23. I think I messed up. And then she doesn't show up for 10 minutes and doesn't call. And I'm like, and I knew she was partying earlier. And I'm like, she's probably passed out. She's not showing up. So I had to go in and say that I got stood up. But then she showed up. She was just talking to her parents, and then she wasn't able to text. But I really thought she wasn't going to show up because she's so good about saying, I'll be right there, I'll be right there. I really thought I was just going to go to a bar and drink until she texted and then try another place. But I went back in and I told them, oh, she showed up. I was, I was so She was so embarrassed, but I was embarrassed too because I had to say I got stood up. Uh, but then I didn't, and she hung up. But then the worst thing happened, she had other plans after I took her to dinner, and that drives me crazy. But had to let it go because it was her birthday. She can do whatever she wants, right? So she's with her friends earlier, and then she had to go meet. I know, I feel like a sucker, but it's her birthday. If she had done that on a different day, I would have been upset. I think she understands that. She's pretty cool. But then I was just sitting there. I like walked her down to like uh, like Murray Hill or something, and then I just walked back home. Because I was just, now what do I do? And then right after that, I just went into deep depression. I don't know. Something happened. 
and then I went into the deep depression, and then Saturday was just a, a mess. I just kept sleeping, eating, watching TV, sleeping, eating. I mean, really just, if, besides the TV part, it's anything a cat or a dog would do, like my cat. That's how she got so fat. That put her in her early grave. Because we just eat and sleep all the time. There was no exercise. There was no playing around. I don't have time for that. I'm like, can't you see? I'm watching something I've watched 50 times already. What's the matter with you, you dumb cat? So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I will tell you, you know, with uh, these girls, uh, I, I, I did tape a little bit of what I had to endure on Thursday, because I know you like that kind of stuff, the minutiae you have to listen to when people are loaded and they're talking and it's not making any sense. Well, so my... It's literally the first friend I ever made in New York City. His name is Anthony. And when I met him, I didn't know he worked at the bar I was at. Later, it made sense. Because I'm like, how do you know everyone? I just thought he was cool. He's not cool. Um, but he grew up in the neighborhood. And, uh, like, first thing he said to me, he walks in. This is two days after I moved to New York. He walks up and goes, you're not from here. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they said, he's like, where are you from? Louisiana. He's like, oh, it's always been my dream to live in Louisiana. Fucking bullshit. Hey, oh, yeah, why do you want to live in Louisiana? I love jazz and spicy food. They have that there? Yeah. See, I'm hilarious all the time. They have that there? But that just goes way over, and then she just continues. No laughs. It's just like doing an open mic night when you're with one of these, uh, you know, girls or guys really anybody it could be anybody who's just you know telling a story that really just isn't interesting and making any sense whatsoever and uh i know you guys like when i uh play that kind of stuff gotta go back and play that girl on that rooftop like can you airlift my dog onto the thing and don't cross your arms in front of my dog you mother i mean we haven't played one of those in a long time right it was time that always cheers us up you uh, married people should be very, very fortunate. You don't have to uh, endure any of this kind of stuff all the time. It's uh, quite uh, tedious. But um, and of course, they're missing the comedy. They have that there ah. <laughs> if, because <laughs> because they've just got for that. Oh, it's so funny because there there it is. So. Oh, I wanted to tell you this one thing, and it's so stupid, but, um, you know, uh, so when I went out to dinner with Audrey and, and her, not just for her birthday, but the, the Tuesday before Audrey and her boss, they brought up another kid. This kid, I thought he was kidding, and I, I, I think he wants to be a comic. I think he used to be a cop. His name, he has the greatest name in the history of names, and... I can't believe it's his real name because it's what I should change my name to if I'm going to continue in acting or comedy. And his name is Chad Powers. Chad Powers. One of the greatest names. It's the exact opposite name 
of Jeff Lipschult or Lipschitz, whatever, however that's pronounced, the exact opposite of a guy, Jeffrey Ross, who used to be called Jeff Lipschitz. Here's a guy who comes in. He's good looking. And his name is Chad Powers. You can't name an ugly kid that name. It's like it's just it's not going to work. Chad Powers. He is the man, the man with the golden microphone. I should just rename my name to Dave Powers. Chad Powers, though. It's got Chad and Powers. Dave Powers doesn't work as well as Chad Powers. I can't even believe now that I know someone named Chad Powers. And if we weren't together before he started drinking, I would have thought for sure he was making that up. Well, that's our show for today. I don't think it was a very good show, but lots of times when I don't think it's good, you guys do. I don't know. I was very confused. Um, my mind is elsewhere, obviously, but wanted to do the podcast Monday. This came out Tuesday, so day before tomorrow when I'm taping this, I'm going to meet Lucille Ballbreaker's baby. That's the girl from the roller derby. That's what I have to do on Monday. Can you believe that? So I can't go to Soul Cycle because I see this baby. I got to see the Ballbreaker baby. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but it's like ruining my day already. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, it's so ridiculous. And then I have no plans. Maybe go to the beach on Thursday, which might cheer me up. But Friday, I thank God have a gig. So Friday, Sunday, and Monday, I, I, I got to try and get a gig on that Wednesday before the show. Even though my nephew and his friend are going to be sitting here, I can bring him down to the show. I got to try and get a longer gig. Because other than that, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday... Oh, boy. Make or break time. I guess there's no way to lose, because if I really blow it, I can just bring up Marina. But still, I want to do good. I want Sarah to know I did good. And I want the people, Jesus, I want the people in New York City who spent, you know, $80 on a ticket to know I did good. And I got to get down to the South Street Sea Park this week. I'm definitely going down there. I got to see. There's posters of me there. I got to see. This may never happen again. So maybe that'll cheer me up. It'll be like in a soap dish when um, Sally Field went to the mall so she could cheer herself up to remember that she was still famous, which I'm not. But, you know, at least it'll remind me of what's upcoming. And then after that, we can worry. And then I got to concentrate on the August 5th show and put some people together on that and put a show together. My God. And I have nothing but time to do it. So everybody relax. It's all going to come together. I don't know. We'll talk next week again. Hopefully, I'll be in a better mood. And we'll see how Friday goes. I guess it all comes down to when my last performance was. And that seems to be the difference. But hopefully, everything will go according to plan. And I'll see all you guys next week as we go closer and closer to the big July 18th date and the mini tour. Anyway... The Night Fly, signing off. This is Dave Juska. Have a great week, everybody. I'll see you next time. Good night. <laughs>